0: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because, just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Champions League draws, financial reports, and Pep Guardiola contract extension rumours. It's been a busy couple of days in the world of Manchester City, and my voice is still hurting from Saturday. It's Tuesday, the 8th of November. I'm Amos Murphy.
1: I'm Adam Booker. And I'm
2: Ollie McCool.
0: And this is the City Report (laughs)
2: Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Dzeko. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City
0: 4. They have made the impossible possible. How we doing, chaps? Coming to you live. Well, I was—I have got a blanket wrapped around my legs. I did have one wrapped right around my shoulders earlier on today, but I thought I'd ditch that. um It's that cold. Winter has struck Manchester. I know you said, Adam, your your weather was um mirroring us over here. Is it? Is it quite as cold, or is it just wet at the moment?
1: It's getting colder this week. We're getting into the. 20s, which I'm not sure what that is. There, I think it's very, very low, single digits in Celsius. I think we're might, maybe going to get a little bit of snow, but either Ooh. way, I'll be happy with the cold weather.
0: Ooh, interesting, um, Ollie. Yeah, winter cold, indeed. Cold, yes, wet, miserable. <laughs> it, it, it
2: has got much colder this week. I was, it, I was enjoying the kind of napalm weekend, <laughs> and now it's just yeah, we're in November. It's cold. Yeah. Had, it's the dark first, as well. had the first hot chocolate of the festive period last night. So wow. uh, I guess we're truly there now.
0: Yeah, well you're you're better disciplined than I am. I, I've been having hot chocolate since September. And I'm not one for a sweet <laughs> tooth at all. So uh, maybe that says more about me. Um you, you, you were saying before we hit record that in the most quintessentially British caveat to podcast recording ever, you may have to leave slightly early on or not not just be absent but just get up for a minute or two, because you've got to take your pie out the oven. And, exactly. Yeah, that was incredible. What what pie is it?
2: It's a chicken and leek pie, ham, all homemade. Everything done by me. I'm looking forward to it. So what yeah, right, this good. is this is this is what we
1: do. This is what we do in the north on our days off. Make, <laughs> make 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 pies. You know, yeah, what, like a couple of streets. It, it begs the question: what What would be the most American thing that would force me to get up from this podcast for a second? I'm not
0: quite sure. I can say it. Yeah, so, I, still, I, still I don't, don't want to get If we
1: keep it, if we keep it pg yeah.
0: um what is the most american thing oh god I, i'm gonna offend too many people and i've got plenty yeah. of friends in the state no, what, 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 what do you think the most american thing would be what's the equivalent of taking a pie out the oven that you would made the day before
1: um god I, yeah i don't know what i can say without <laughs> offending basically everybody <laughs> in this country i'm trying to make some sort of food equivalent but then again mm. we've only stole all of our food culture so i'm not quite sure peanut and I don't know a hot dog
0: yeah (laughs) but it wouldn't be
1: he's having one pie for an American it would be like I'm gonna go out and get my 11 (laughs) hot dogs that I'm making for lunch
0: (laughs) xxxl hot dogs oh god that's a completely different thing isn't it yeah (laughs) no xl sausages right uh... oh no (laughs) right right okay stop it stop it um right football football (laughs) um Yeah, yeah. Um right, okay. So, today's show then, like I said before in the introduction, um we're going to we're going to be covering the news stories that have been sort of floating around Manchester City the last couple of days. We covered most of the Fulham result in Monday's show, so if you haven't already, it was me, it was you Adam and it was David. Go back and listen to that. We 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 uh, reacted to everything from that game. Uh, including the refereeing decisions as well. So so go and check that out as well after you're done here. Um, But today then we'll start with the Champions League round of 16 draw, which took place on Monday morning. If you haven't heard by now, then what have you been doing? Um, But City have drawn against RB Leipzig, the German Bundesliga team. Um, They'll play the first game away from home in February before the second leg comes around in March. I'll give my thoughts in a moment, but first things first, Oli. What did you make of the draw? Perfect, really. Um, nice,
2: nice. I, th- I, th- I think Le- Leipzig are one of those teams that are, uh, that are good and can cause us problems, as proven last year in the Champions League. But you look at you look at some of the other draws. You know, PSG versus Bayern Munich, uh, Liverpool rehashing the final with Real Madrid, Tottenham Hotspur, and, in, and AC Milan. It just, it couldn't really go any better, you know, having those, and Chelsea versus Dortmund as well, you know, having those Mm. teams all play against each other where it could really go either way. There is a path opening up there for City if we get through Leipzig, which you don't want to sound confident or overconfident or bullish, but it could have been worse for us. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think that's a nice way to start things off, isn't it? Obviously, those who were were watching the draw live, and I appreciate this is probably only going to be people from the UK or or very early morning in the US for those on the East Coast. One day I'll get that. One day I'll narrow narrow it down. But... um, City came out first, or at least they came out second, Leipzig came out first, City were drawn straight away against them. And because of that, there wasn't really any major heartache or roller coasters or, or emotion with it, really. It was basically, right, this is the team City going to play, watch the rest of the draw. And it, it removed the tension slightly, mm-hmm. or at least that's how I felt. And, and for me, looking at it, it, it wasn't the easiest draw, as you say, Ollie, City could have got. But when you look at the the teams who were in pot two, to avoid PSG is a big one, a massive one. The Milan clubs as well, I think you have to sort of say that, yes, City would be much better than them. But at San Siro, it's going to be a difficult game, blah, 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 blah. Adam, where, where did you come in on this draw? I'll be obviously, a team City played before. But in terms of the, I think it was six teams City could have drawn, that's probably one of the better ones from it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those teams that like many of the Bundesliga clubs on their day, they can run up the score. Um, you know, that front three of Sabal Sly and Kunku and Werner are electric when they want to be electric. Um, but look, they've conceded the second most goals of any clubs in the top six in the Bundesliga. Um, and and German football at the moment by nature is wide open. And I think if if they play wide open against City, I mean, obviously Dortmund didn't play that way. They kind of Um, change their stripes whenever we came up against them in the group stage. (laughs) But if it's an open game, which is the way that Leipzig like to play, then City are going to have a lot of joy from that. And it might have been the three of us, or I can't remember, it might have been Oliver Lowe on on last week's pod saying that we basically go into every draw now feeling not comfortable because City obviously have a pretty horrid past in the Champions League knockout rounds, but you don't really look around that much anymore and say, I really, really don't want to get them because... City should be close to favourites, if not favourites, of every every tie they go into. So
0: yeah, it, it does. I, I completely get where you're coming from, but I think with the Champions League draw, it is, or, or with the Champions League itself. Sorry, it is. Your success in the competition is entirely dependent on the draw. That sounds the most basic white man statement ever but you look at Liverpool's run to the final last season you look at you could say City or you could say Chelsea or you could say Real Madrid whoever you say it is look of the draw you don't play each team that is in the competition like you do in the league. So, yes, it is. I suppose the round of sixteen is different because you finish top, you get a seeded, a seeded op- uh, opponent in someone who finished second. It's a bit different when you get to the quarterfinals and you can literally pick anyone in the semi final. Seeded is set and wh- whatever, and you, you know you know how it works. But I think with with, the, with Champions League, it's so you success is so dependent on the draw. You almost do have to take it into into account, and yes, City are going to be favourites against every team. But City were favourites against Monaco. City were probably favourites against Spurs. City were at least on level footing with Liverpool in in uh, twenty eighteen, whenever that was. And and you know we have seen it before. City botched round of sixteen, quarter final, semi final um, matches in the past. In terms of Leipzig then, before we start to move on, Oli, I mentioned the, the have played City twice before. Both of those games came last season in the group stage, so familiar opponents, 6-3 win for City in the first leg, and then obviously that dead rubber in Leipzig behind, uh, behind closed doors, a, a Geisterspiel, as they say in Germany, a ghost game. So there's not much history to go off there, is there, Oli? Whatever we have to do, just make sure Kyle Walker... Keeps his head as much as he can, and uh, I think it was Andre Silva that day who wound him up, and he he, he lashed out at it. You, you get the feeling though, it, it probably will be a little bit of a different game than the last time we went to Leipzig.
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, it, you know, D- Dead Rubbers they can have some kind of history to fall back on, but a game mm. like that, yeah, where the group was completely settled. You know, I don't, I, if it wasn't for that red card, I think most people would consider that a completely forgotten game. Um, mm. It's just that that red card sticks out as well as that awful kit, as the third kit last season. <laughs> um, but I can imagine Kyle Walker putting out one of his joke tweets that he always likes to do in the Champions League mm. close to the game. But Leipzig—they're a good team. They've had a bit of a struggle. You know, they've gone through a couple of different managers. Um, you know, even last year we faced two different managers, and I think they're on. They're second since then as well now.
0: Mm.
2: So there, t- there have been through a struggle. But, you know, Timo Werner rejoined them in the summer, immediately scored after a day of being back there. And he's, <laughs> you know, he's hit a vein of form. Yes, he's out injured at the moment, but he's going to be back. Uh, Christopher Nkunku is an absolute demon, scored a hat-trick at the Etihad against us. We can't forget that. Um, so they're a tough team, but, you know, City have the quality. And it shouldn't be, and it shouldn't be a troublesome tie whether home or away.
0: It's really interesting you mention those names because obviously Timo Werner's out injured at the moment and Kunku's currently contracted to Leipzig, but there's a lot of talk about him. Going elsewhere, Chelsea are really interested. And theres I mean, it's perfect to say on a podcast as we're doing it, but there's almost zero point in preview in this fixture now because there is that big of a gap in between the draw and the round of 16. What are we in at the moment? November, even more so this year, because usually mm-hmm. don't forget the draw is done in, in sort of early December. So we're, we're about a month in advance. So there's a good three or four months in between the draw being taking place and the matches um, being played out. Being said though, Adam, from a city perspective, you know you can you can look at the players who might be at the club who might not be after the World Cup. Uh, I mean, sort of the whole European structure, not just City. Um, but you but you have to be happy with that draw, don't you? You know, you're looking at some of those fixtures: Liverpool versus Real Madrid. There's one challenger gone straight away in the round of 16. PSG versus Bayern Munich. There's another challenger gone. The likes of Dortmund and Chelsea playing each other. AC Milan versus Spurs. Potentially tricky teams, maybe not the ones that you'd go, yeah, they're gonna be competing for the trophy, but still teams you'd go, they've caused it well, some of them have caused city problems in the past. All in all, City have a job to do against Leipzig, but it's the the entire draw is probably about as good as it could have gone.
1: Yeah, I think it's the perfect draw in the sense that yes, it's a game that City should comfortably win if they're playing up to their own standards on the day. I mean, we've Mm -hmm. said Leipzig are are a great team. They have a lot of individual talent as well. Um, But it's not Basel. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not an ailing Schalke. It's a game that if you win, you'll take confidence from it. It's not a game that you win and you look back at and say, we would win that 99 out of 100 attempts. Um, It's a game that you look back at and say, they have a lot of weapons They play, you know, a really aggressive style of football. And we came through that over two legs. And I think Mm -hmm. that's going to be, if that happens, if City do get through to the quarterfinals, then I think that's a good confidence boosting win. It's not just something you look at and say, that's what should have happened. And we can't really take anything from that. Because I think we will take a lot of positives if they do get through this, because it's at the end of the day, a good team from one of the major leagues in Europe. So um, I, I think in that sense, it's really the perfect draw.
0: Yeah, yeah, because just building on that, it it's not the sort of tie where everything in the league is going to be cancelled. Say City drawn PSG, for example, you can imagine, I can't remember who the, who the fixtures are before, I think maybe Nottingham Forest is one of them and maybe coming after, I can't exactly remember the schedule, but it, it's favourable um, in terms of City's Premier League matches. And you could imagine if it was PSG, the the changes would have been rung, There would have been rotation to make players fresh. It isn't going to be like that. But at the same time, it, it, there's just enough in it, I think, to keep it even in the second. Like regardless of what the score is from the first game, it, it's just enough in it to keep it competitive and to keep minds focused. Because I, 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 it is important to have games where results matter i know it sounds silly but it, but it is i think city in the past have sort of come up short in the champions league had a, a nothing round of 16 tie got to quarter finals in in what early april I'm going oh shit we've, start, we've got to start playing here boys you know there's only two months of the season left it, it starts to matter um but but finally Ollie, just on those other teams playing each other it's it's always nice to get a an easier team so to speak but if every other challenger is doing the same, you get to the quarter-final and all the big guns are still left in there, you are going a little bit, all right, okay, DME. That that game was almost inconsequential, but with Liverpool and Real Madrid playing each other, with PSG and Bayern Munich playing each other, and then if you look further down the draw, some of the, the, the teams who would be more favourable in the quarter-final stage as well, you just have to have your, your everything crossed for City to progress into quarterfinals, and then who knows where? Because it, it could be a promising year for City in the Champions League for once. I don't know if that's got a curse. It already touchwood. It doesn't.
2: Well, yeah, touchwood and buy yaya a cake. Let's keep this good look going. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just you look at those other ties, and you're just thinking. I mean, surely this is this is the this is the best City of being going into the second half of the season. In terms of the Champions League, in terms of that second half of mm-hmm. it, you know, it just couldn't really have begun any better. And, you know, it's going to be nice being able to watch those other ties, you know, instead of hoping that, you know, Benfica get a result against the Liverpool or, you know, it's uh, a Napoli getting a result against someone or, you know, whatever, you can just watch them going, whichever of these two teams wins it means the other one's out and that's fantastic mm. for us you know in in a dream world i've got every, i'm going to be the biggest real madrid fan for two games yet again um <laughs> i did that back in may and it worked out so i'm going to keep i'm going to keep that going but yeah. yeah i just look i just look at that draw and i think especially as you said earlier being the first team out we removed all the nerves all the tension and mm. then it just became the perfect draw from, from then on in
0: yeah, yeah, nicely, nicely put. And and that's to come, of course. But another piece of news that we'll touch on quickly before the end of part one. Um, yesterday, before the Champions League draw came out, City, the, the club itself, announced their financial report for the 2021-22 season. It was a successful one for the club, of course. FA Cup semi-final again, Champions League semi-final again, and, of course, the Premier League title against Aston Villa. Uh, Silke Ilkay making the Scousers cry. The official line from the club that, that came out announced the highest ever revenues and profits in the club's history, with City recording £613 million in revenue and profits of £41 million. Now, I'm not an accountant. Adam, you've done plenty of stuff in your life. I'm going to assume you've not got a background in financial or football finances. It's easy to switch off from that sort of thing, isn't it? And look at it and go, yeah, fair enough, whatever. But that's pretty impressive come to think of it 41 million pound in profits for a club who as we're led to believe is is soulless and and um isn't able to generate any of its own money compared to the historical giants in the premier league in europe pretty good going
1: yeah absolutely and and you know when you have these brain dead conversations with some of these these people that you just mentioned and you know we we often as city fans say well why was it any different when united were the biggest spenders and and mm. the biggest winners and wh- why was it you know any different when liverpool were the biggest spenders and the biggest winners well well those teams generated money through success well okay you've just answered my question for me right there um you know city have been the most successful team of the de- last decade um so it's no it's no wonder they're making money hand over fist at the moment and um, I would imagine at the end of this season that profit's going to be even higher because of Erling Holland and kit sales mm-hmm. have apparently been on fire, um, and you know prize money and all these competitions is only going up and up because sponsorship money is going up and up, and I'm sure whenever the next broadcast deal comes around, that's going to be huge as well. Um, so City are the most successful team of. The most expensive era in this league, so it's no wonder they're raking in record profits. And and no, I'm not I'm not a financial expert. I haven't I haven't read the report. I'm mm. really looking forward to the Swiss Ramble's breakdown of it whenever it happens. Um, which, by the way, if you are a football fan on Twitter and you don't follow the Swiss Ramble, follow the Swiss Ramble because it's incredible breakdowns of fi- football. Financial football reports, football financial reports. Um, So, yeah, it's not a surprise. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's there's still some dissenting voices, and it's pissed off quite a few people, the sort of people you can imagine. Um, I, I guess we will say that, you know, City have have had a fantastic um, few years successfully, and, and this is where this is. This, it's no coincidence City are in their successful golden age, and the money's going up. Yes, the the caveat as always is City have extremely wealthy owners. They have been able to invest money prior to this to get City towards a platform where they're able to do this. But Ollie, as you can imagine, some of the the criticism that has been sort of thrown City's way on the back of this. I mean, the the being as transparent as they possibly can, they're releasing this, and and you know, rightly so. It's it's like um, like the report said, record revenues, record profits. A lot of the sort of the backlash has come from the fact that people are saying city sponsorships are geared towards a way or designed towards a way where money from people who are close to Abu Dhabi is able to come into the club and and that is now suddenly not legitimate. Whereas if American owners have mates who are American and they, they strike up deals with American companies, that's some, that is somehow different. I mean, it, it, it's nonsensical to to a degree, isn't it? But, but how have you received the criticism, Ali?
2: It used to bother me. And I think we all go through a stage as City fans online where we think, oh, we've got to defend everything. But it gets to a point where... Yeah, that the the report you're referencing there about city sponsorships being linked to Abu Dhabi. One of the first lines in that report from the outlet it's from was there is no suggestion of wrongdoing here. Uh, This is entirely legitimate. And so, so, well, (laughs) are you going to do that for Liverpool and Standard Chartered and the links and their links to um, FSG? Uh, Are you going to do links to all the Glazer companies that Man United have? You know, now got sponsorship from are you going to do links to all these different people no of course you're not you're doing it because you know it gets you clicks and i think mm. the moment city fans kind of realize that people are just looking for a headline to slay us what's the point in caring you know city the more the more interesting thing that comes out of days like today when they release the accounts is the annual report where they go through everything at the club and it's not about the finances it's about the success of the club city won every premier league title right down to the under nines you know Mm -hmm. they you know the women's team are going through a bit of a lull and there's been a massive change this season but they still won a trophy to qualify for the champions league you know, behind behind the scenes in City and the community, they're doing fantastic work, both in Manchester and abroad, which is just amazing to read. Um, you know, they've expanded the media coverage with Match Day Live and the new studio that we keep seeing in all the coverage. City are becoming bigger than ever and success is underlining everything they do at the moment. You know, City are becoming not just an industry leader in football, they're probably the world's leading sporting organisation in terms of the CFG, because what they're doing is amazing.
0: Nicely done. Nicely done. And I guess that will do for part one. We'll be back in part two after Oli has tended to his pie <laughs> to chat about Guardiola's future at the club. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. It's Tuesday and I'm joined, of course, by Adam and Ollie. I did say it's been a couple of busy days for the Blues in terms of the news cycle. Amongst the financial reports and Champions League draws we've just spoken about, there was also news about Guardiola's impending future and what he plans to do, reports suggesting that during the World Cup break, as many have expected, he's likely to sign an extension, although it might depend on what his wife wants to do, Ollie, which is, um, with what, six months or so left of his contract, it's still up in the air a little bit, isn't it?
2: I think, yeah, of course it is. You know, ever since the report of his wife and I think one of his daughters moving back to Barcelona... Um, it, it you know naturally that's going to create issues at home, in the sense of you know is he homesick you know but I think I think one of his sons is still here, so it's not yeah. like he's completely on his own, which would be quite I'd feel quite sorry for him if he was just on his own in the middle of Manchester, um, but I can't see a world in which he doesn't extend whether it's whether it's mm. one year two year three four five whatever I can't see a world in which Pep doesn't extend because he's on, you know you just have to look at him after the Fulham game on the weekend. He's loving it here at the moment. You know, last time he signed an extension, it was dull. It was miserable. There were no fans in the stadiums. The results weren't great. And he still signed. And then ever since, things have just got better and better. So, you know, come on, Pep. Get your pen out. See, uh, you know, and with the rumours of them going to Abu Dhabi for a warm weather camp Mm. during the World Cup break, there's going to be a photo that is just going to, you know, meet all expectations when it's, Khaldun and Cheeky and Pep and maybe even Sheikh Mansour in it. Mm. I just can't wait for that day, whenever it comes. Because I, can, I can't see a world in which he doesn't sign. And City are preparing for him to stay anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it'd be nonsensical, wouldn't it? And you look around Europe potential places he may go. Well, you'd assume he has a year out whenever mm-hmm. he finishes, but even still beyond that, you're thinking it, there just isn't anything there. City is literally, and this isn't to blow smoke up our arses at all, but literally the best place in Europe to be, isn't it, Adamant? Right, okay, you may say, oh, City shouldn't be leaving it this late, but I think everything is geared towards this middle of the season break where you can go away, you can have some time you know, in previously to think about it and then you can go there with a decision it has to be an extension doesn't it because if not city're in big trouble and they're not the sort of club to leave something like this go by the wayside so long
1: yeah absolutely and you're right there's there's really nowhere else for him to go and i think he believes that as well you know it's interesting to see how much the sentiment the sentiment has changed for him personally from when he first came to england and and mm-hmm. now whereas when he first got to the premier league it was he he kind of he wasn't trying to tear the league down in the sense, but it felt like he was trying to fight back against the, we're the greatest, hmm. everything, you know, your, our style of play, you're not going to be able to deal with. You've never come up against, you know, a mid-table Premier League team, blah, 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 blah. And he kind of he, he kind of fought back against that. Whereas these days, I don't have any specific quotes in front of me, but they are pretty easy to find. He has continually said, this is the place to be. The, the Premier League is the place to be if you are if you want to be competitive competing at the highest level every single week the fans the atmospheres the competition he he loves it and there's no reason for him to leave for footballing reasons right mm-hmm. I mean maybe personal reasons um but it'll be interesting to see part of me and i I don't mean this in like, I, I somewhat want to see him leave in a way because I want to see what happens next. Like, how does this club deal? I don't you want this it to happen me. anytime soon. You said it, not me. Mm, need, but Well, I'll pick I, you up on that, Adam. Do you understand what I'm saying, though? Yeah, like, yeah. I'm I, so, I get, so yeah. curious to see how the club deals with it.
0: I get what you mean because you, you look at the way City have operated and you, you, there must be contingency plans. But quickly then, Adam, before we wrap... If the unthinkable was to happen in the summer, if if over this World Cup break Pep Guardiola comes out in an interview and says, "You know what? I'm I'm done in in England. This will be my final season." Blah blah. blah. Right now, if you were in the room in the boardroom at City, who was that? Who would be? Give me three names. Give me three names. Give me. Give me a, a dead set. Give me. You I mean you're shaking your head already? Because that's how difficult it is, and that sort of answers the question, doesn't it? But who who were you? Who would you be looking at for City to go to? Because I don't know if there's anyone there.
1: Yeah. And I want to clarify, I don't want Pep to leave. (laughs) I want to see how the club handles it. And unfortunately the only way to see how the club handles it is, is with Pep leaving. If those two things could have, could coexist Mm. without each other Mm. then, or exist without each other, then that would be great. Um, I, it depends on which way the club wants to go. Do they want to remain at the highest level possible or do they want to bring in a manager that will not pick up where Pep left off in a sense, but continue the style of play, continue the style of management and maybe mold a young manager? You know, it's obviously not going very well for him at Chelsea, but had had, had Graham Potter stayed at Brighton for the next three years and continued to bring them up, 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 up and up, I would have loved to see, you know, yeah. kind of youngish English manager take over and see where that goes. Um, I'm not even going to begin the Vincent company conversation. Um, rightly so. So I think you're really looking at if you want to stay at that highest level and you don't essentially, if you if your goal is to have no drop off, which I think is pretty much impossible. I think you're looking at taking another big clubs manager, maybe trying to attract somebody from around Europe and say, Hey, come to the premier league. You've heard what Guardiola said. It's the place to be for managers. We've got Conte Klopp, all these great managers in the league. Um, you know, Nogglesman, somebody like that, mm, somebody yeah. from a big club that maybe three years down the line is, you know, looking for a new adventure, something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um, Ollie, we know who to charge after with our pitchforks if Guardiola <laughs> decides to. How you, how, how does a manager retire? They don't hang up the boots. What do they hang up the the cardigan the coat for, of, yeah, yeah for him it would be the coat yeah
1: <laughs> the cardigan coat or the ed hardy jeans mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah so we knew he was to chase after if he uh if Guardiola decides to leave but but like you said it, it's probably unlikely isn't it
2: yeah i think it is um just i'm and me as a fan and i think and i think pep as well because he's bought into city he's 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 all in on you know being a city fan we know that he's got to burn a twitter account somewhere they eh, where he's reading everything I think there's a bit of him that will want to stay longer than Jurgen Klopp. I think he, you right. know, he's seen, he's seen off Mourinho. He's now seen off Tuchel. He'll see off Conte again. Uh, he'll want to see off Klopp. So, I mean, what, what's his new contract? Four years. So I don't, I don't think we'll get a big four-year extension. I think we could see it as two, two, two from now on. Um, but mm. if if Pep decides to leave, for me, there's one name. It's not Vincent Kompany. If you, if it for me the name would be Marcelo Gallardo from River Plate Pep has talked him up endlessly and i just think there's a reason why he's waiting for Gallardo to either get a job here in europe or you know waiting for the moment where he can feel comfortable leaving a club because he won't want to leave city high and dry you know mm. I, I, and that's another reason why i don't think he'll leave he'll want to leave city in a good place and when and when they but also look at that squad you can't tell me he's not loving putting that squad together every season so you know (laughs) he's not he's not going anywhere will he Surely.
0: <laughs> no, we'll have to get past us first if he does. Um, right, lads, that will that will do for today. Um, Adam, Ollie, thank you very much. This has been the Tuesday show on the City Report podcast. If you haven't already, go back and listen to Mondays. We're re- reviewing the film game. We'll be back on Wednesday with a preview to the Carabao Cup. The Carabao Cup is back, everyone, on, uh, on Wednesday against Chelsea. So um, that'll do for today. Until next time, it's been a pleasure. See you later.